Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to the Another Soul Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And um, happy Sunday to you, my friend. Happy Sunday. Um, really excited to continue on to the season four with you. And so many things to talk about. So many things that I want to um, jump in as, as usual with you on this conversation that we're having today. But I'm trying to keep myself from interrupting and I think I'm just going to have you sort of lead us into this conversation right away. And the conversation we're having about today is the moon. And we've had a conversation regarding the moon. I think the first season was it the second. Yeah, season? I think so. And uh, I know there was a lot that we needed to cover um, in the, in the future. And now that we've done so much with, you know, astrology and everything that we've sort of discussed in the last season, um, I just feel more confident to have this conversation with you in regards to the moon, its energy, you know, its influence on us emotionally and why it has such a power with its, um, you know, feminine aspect, but also what's been known through centuries about this energy and how it affects the emotional, um, you know, aspect of ourselves and also of the world that we all live in. So, um, I'll stop there and just let you take it away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when we kind of explored the moon in our first conversation, we really were identifying its qualities, right? And its correspondences. And what we're going to kind of try to focus the conversation on today is that main theme of this entire season, which is application. And one of the big things that we've noticed through all of the conversations that we've had thus far on the podcast is the study of the esoteric and the occult is very much the study of cycles and patterns. Not only its observation, but also blending ourselves mm. with these universal cycles and patterns and truly kind of getting into that flow state, which is also kind of the main theme of what we're working with um, and the exploring. Flow the flow state, you know, becoming time rather than, you know, trying to adjust to it unfold and experience the universe as it's unfolding and experiencing itself. And, you know, in the West, truly since like, really the idea of like the solar entity kind of becoming the dominant spiritual religious force with the creation of Christianity, we've really kind of even changed how we calculate time away from the lunar cycle and the lunar calendar into more of a solar calendar. The moon is going to be a really interesting thing because if we actually dive back into prehistory, we see that the moon was much more honored as a tracking system than the sun was. We, through the process of spiritual evolution and, you know, kind of like moving away from the ancient solar, like the ancient spiritual cults, we've seen the moon kind of get put on the backseat compared to the solar calendar. Why yeah. Do th why do you think that is? You know, what it kind of is, is we've spoke about this before. 
there were in prehistory there were ancient spiritual cults and again we're not talking about like cults like are you going to drink the Kool-Aid kind of cults this is more of just like the spiritual direction and study of the ancients right and so we had a lot of various ancient cults you had your solar cults that would really focus on the sun you had Saturn, like Saturn cults that kind of worship Saturn. You had stellar cults that worship the stars. You had lunar cults that would really focus on the moon. And then we had serpent wisdom, which we're going to see in like with like the Aztecs and the Mayans and even in like Asia with like dragon philosophy. And then you had the cults that were actually like connected with tree worship um, and even before that, we had like cults that were based on fire. And so, again, we had these variations of understanding this one universal life force. Mm -hmm. And for a very long time in the past, lunar cults had a lot of power. And this was actually kind of the movement from the matriarchy to the patriarchy. And that was really when we kind of go into the most ancient artifacts that we find, we see more dedication to the lunar moon orb, even over the sun orb. And so what kind of happened with like Christianity in the creation of that religion, not so much Jesus's, like what Jesus's purpose was, but more of the creation of exoteric Christianity was gaining power in the spiritual realm. And so they moved away and they tried to kind of more create our spiritual identity to be just focused on the solar process. Um, and, you know, this is why also in the Bible in Genesis, the snake is kind of seen as like a nefarious energy. Well, they were trying to disconnect themselves from serpent wisdom. This is also why the sacred feminine or the divine aspect of the feminine was moved away from in re placement with the Holy Ghost. They were moving away from the lunar influence and they were moving away from the serpent influence to focus more on the solar Saturn understanding of spiritual blossoming. And it's, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but we lost a big component of the conscious experience, um, even pushing away from like the stellar cults. You know, this is why the 12 zodiac signs became the 12 disciples. And there was this big move to try to not have a competing force like the pagans or the Gnostics. And it was really kind of a move to almost monopolize the spiritual direction of not only the current moment, but the future. Right. No, I, I you know, I was going to say, but uh, well said, but what I was going to add to that is when you were talking about the matriarch to the patriarch, you're talking about that female to male energy and the solar being the male energy that penetrating energy the more action right Ra rather than being connected to soul and then soul to motion it's more like motion comes first here are the orders in, in order to do these things in this energy um expansion through the sun and getting getting away from like questioning the feelings and the emotions attached to the why of being in motion because you see a lot of dominating in the western world and even in the eastern world during that time of moving away from the feminine moving into the masculine that everybody is very well versed in or at least a little bit if you're not even a huge historian which is that energy and where it's coming from and so more or less that's kind of what you're saying right i mean how we got away from having that real understanding of 
this flow we're going to talk about today and this emotional uh, calendar that we should might that we might be able to pay more closer attention to in order to know ourselves from a deeper level than just like the surface, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially with like the solar Saturn kind of direction. Now, it's not the basis of it, but there is there is kind of a way in that mentality where the ends justify the means. Yes. And so we could see some really, you know, negative experiences happening to people um, in the idea that, you know, it's for like a better cause at the end when we can obviously see that that's not always the case. But yeah, there is a component of, you know, acting without feeling and right. kind of being devoid of that emotional experience. Well, you and, talked about the just the differences. I, I thought this was interesting before we recorded in what you write at night and what you write during the day. And again, mm-hmm. it's not saying that the day is worse than the night or the night is better than the day. It's just how you apply yourself. And we've talked about this, you know, over and over, you know, the thought, the emotion, the action, but understanding the emotion and where it's coming from and then applying the action after you, you know, have a, a deeper understanding of what your motive is. And when you said this about writing, I thought that was interesting because you're saying, you know, who you are in the, in, in the nighttime when the moon is out versus who you are in the daytime and what you write uh, is completely different, right? You were saying that. Yeah. I think we can all, you know, through self-observation, see that there is a different component of our conscious expression from the day to the night. Um, different parts of ourselves are explored and it it's kind of what the cycle and the pattern is trying to show you because again the moon is doesn't generate its own light it's a reflection of that solar light and so it's really that idea of lighting up the darker aspects of your consciousness and so the nighttime is kind of the playground for the shadow to come mm-hmm. out and now this could be really great if you're going through the spiritual process of trying to incorporate your shadow, nighttime work is is ideal for that. But, you know, if you're in an experience of not understanding that ebb and flow mm. from, you know, the light aspect of your consciousness to the subconsciousness, the dark can be very the darkness of night can be very frightening. You know, when I was going through periods earlier in my life of like depression and even suicidal thoughts, I feared the night. The day was just a burden. The day was just like, oh, I got to go through this ebb and flow. I got to go like, I got to do this monotonous thing. Right. But I, the, the worst thoughts of inflicting pain on myself were completely amplified. Hmm during the night. So I feared the night because I didn't know what the night was going to bring. It was like this unknown process. And really it was just like myself trying to get my attention of spiritually exploring myself, Mm -hmm. but I was fighting it. Well, that's kind of what the moon is going to kind of represent. It's the illumination of the components of your consciousness that you don't see. Um, it is a time for reflection. It's a time for inner exploration. And what right. the moon is really going to kind of present to us, if the sun is the calculation of the external patterns of the seasons, the moon is going to illuminate the internal process of, of cycles and patterns that we internally feel inside. And this is, 
this is a really interesting thing of how we're going to kind of utilize the moon. And, you know, one of the things we spoke about before we got started today is I know that a lot of esoteric students kind of have various feelings on the moon. Um, you know, some people see the moon as this like negative ET energy, and that's totally fine. And some people see the moon like in the Wicca community as like the ultimate guide. What we're going to do today is we're not going to say what way is right or wrong, but what we're going to kind of explore is regardless of what you feel like the moon is and what its purpose is, it has a drastic effect on water. And that being not only the oceans ebb and flow with the phases and the cycles of the moon, but the internal water inside ourselves, which makes up 60 to 80% of our body, responds to the changes of the moon. So we're not going to, you know, this, this conversation is not here to explore those various topics. And if it is something of interest to you, it's probably something that we will explore as an open, non-biased conversation maybe on the membership page. But today we're really going to explore the reality of what the moon brings to us. It affects the emotional nature. It really does kind of affect the waters internally within us. And what's tough about the emotions is they're hard to quantify. They're hard to place in a box because it's an inner experience. You know, we can look at, you know, like a lighter, and like visualize it and hold it in our hands because it's a physical object. Well, the emotions don't really present themselves in a tangible, concrete form like that. Mm-hmm. Even talking about them, you know, it, they they've really even like like through studies, they kind of show that the richness of your language actually is very much aligned to your mental makeup and mental understanding. Because like, if you learn the words that are attached to the emotions, you can identify them and explore them. But to a lot of people, the emotions are beyond their capacity of organization. They can't organize the separate emotions. It's like hard to explain. And so it's an interesting path to even like navigate this energy um, because it is kind of above the spoken word and the written word, you know? And that's mm-hmm. why we kind of find it a unique way of exploring the emotions that we'll look at is like our creations through like the idea of music, through the idea of art or, you know, our passions. It's where we almost can kind of explore these, but it's, it's, it's like water. You can't really contain it in your hands. Um, It's fluid and it actually works best in a fluid state. And so what we're going to kind of explore today is how you, really allow that fluidity of water to not only run through you in a healthy way, but utilize that water to nurture the seed of your aspirations. You know, this emotions and water, I mean, it's emotion, it's energy in motion. It's, It's the nurturing component of what we want to create in this world. And so as we're kind of going through today, we're going to really kind of learn how to be more proactive with the emotional changes and the fluidic like way of how it ebbs and flows within us rather than being in the reactive. Um, And that's a huge role for the occultist. 
we not only, like we said in the beginning, occultism is the, not only the study of cycles and patterns, but it's the application of the will, will to incorporate ourselves into those patterns. The understanding the moon in its energies is like the doorway into studying even the cycles and patterns of the deeper planets. You know, we need to follow the solar process. You know, you are supposed to be born again in spring, like we are in Easter Sunday right now, which is the rebirth. And you kind of have to die in the winter. You're supposed to follow the seasons. And this is not this is not desired for us to understand. It's expected. Mm-hmm. Understanding cycles and patterns are not bonus points on the test. It is the test. It is the test of actually like aligning yourself with these immutable forces that have shown us time and a time again every year that they don't change. We're the ones that choose to kind of ignore them and not live in accordance with this process and this teacher, which is nature, that's always presenting us her pattern. And so it's this like interesting energy. You know, the moon is always, it's not that we like, it's not that we kind of, the moon deceives us and works against us. It's that we have to actually like, receive what the moon is trying to show us. And it will kind of navigate on how to best meet the resistance of this five sense reality. And it's not going to punish us like Saturn will. Saturn will bring more resistance if we don't look at cycles and patterns. But the moon is kind of the first one we internally look at. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't approach Neptune, Chiron, Uranus, or Pluto without looking at the moon first, because the moon is like their mother. And if you don't respect your mother, they're not going to respect you. And so it's kind of an initiation period. This is why when we were looking at the 12 labors of Hercules, they spoke about cancer as an initiation sign. Right. Well, this is how you actually get respect for those planetary energies, so they start working with you. But if you approach them and you're like, I want to know about Chiron, like, tell me about the deepest aspect of the healing I need to do. And it's like, well, where is the moon right now? And you're like, oh, I'll get to the moon later. It's like, bullshit, you'll get to the moon later. Like, you got to go there right now. And all of these other planets, like Mars and Saturns, that could be malicious, will really work against you if you don't honor and respect your mother. Saturn is the father. So what would make your father the most mad as a child? Disrespecting your mother. You know, Mars is the warrior. Its aspect is to direct its will in the desires of the heart, which is the mother. And if it's not, you know, fighting for the heart, it's going to rebel against you. Like every true warrior should. If the warrior's not serving the the rightful heir to the throne, which is the heart, then it should rebel against you. And Mars will actually like, you know, that attacking energy will be turned in on us. And so even just as a component of astrology, the moon, after we look at the solar patterns and how the sun moves through the zodiac, the moon is the next step. And its application is going to be really, you know, paramount to 
the amount of resistance we meet in the desire to accomplish like our goals and ultimately our destiny. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you, something that you said, that's very just kind of fits perfect with the overarching theme of where we're approaching this from, but, you know, having an emotional um, understanding of your past and your present and how to flow through life with that understanding definitely will depend on your relationship with your mother um, because you will learn, you will learn at least as I did to, you know, reflect and have an emotional uh, awareness of why you may be feeling the way you are, which then makes you a better person. You know, you, you create empathy from that. You have like a way of understanding empathy. My, my mother taught me a lot about empathy and being okay to sit with your emotions and also understand why, you know, you're allowed to feel the way you feel, whether it's sadness, whether it's like joy and acknowledge that. And like the mother, uh, in, in, in the household, you know, the moon and how it really just influences our ability to understand those emotions from our past or even from our present moment will make us, you know, better for the next day in order to take the application of all the lessons we're learning along the way about ourselves, um, you know, with a little more dignity and a little more flow. And I think that that's, that's the energy that I don't, I wouldn't say people, neglect but i think it's been and you said this in sort of a disclaimer way in the beginning but how it's been dismissed you know what i mean like i i always like when we do these episodes i purposely will research the most broad and most generic um like source of of information on something that maybe we're breaking down the esoteric and see what's been said in the past about it exoterically speaking and i just i always thought that was funny because you know you have in um I think it's like the BBC where I, I was reading this and I purposely like, will go there to just be like, what, what, what general terms are you going to throw out to this, to, to information like this? But one that, you know, everyone goes back to with the idea of like Aristotle and then the time with like Latin being this, this way of understanding the, the phonetic meaning, you know, of like lunaticus, which is like moonstruck in Latin, um, which is where lunacy sort of comes from, you know? And again, I was reading this on the, on the BBC, but, um, you know, Moonstruck is such a general way of saying, well, in parentheses, I guess they're Moonstruck right now, but our emotions are something that each and every one of us are always dealing with at all times. And that's not something that you just sort of mock and throw out like that. And so if our emotions are being affected by something so obvious, it's interesting to me that we've not necessarily, again, dismissed it because we just talked about the history on how it was not dismissed and quite opposite being worshipped but right now in, in the time we're living as we speak you know there it, if you go looking for information there's just so much on it but the thing to concentrate or take away from this conversation with you is how are we dealing with these emotions we've talked about this from other topics on the podcast and what even led me to this information in the first place is our emotional state and how we can balance it out and if there's something like an energy that is pulling um each and, each and every one of us in a unique way towards dealing with these emotional states and also neglecting them, you know, it's fascinating how far we can go with this, you know, and what to do with it. And like you talked about the calendar that you should be following. And I think that's something that's very interesting to me personally is like, oh, to follow the, the way that it might affect you uh, monthly, you know, the way it might affect you um, yearly is, is so important. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, just like the, 
the moon, it comes out at night, the emotional process is is very blind to the active consciousness brain. And so you're right, you do kind of sit with it. Um, it's one of those things that needs reflection. And that's what the moon is. It's a reflective orb of that solar energy. And so it is this kind of process of introspection. And we utilize the moon to actually like navigate and to learn how to, at what time it's appropriate to express and use that energy in the way that that cycle and pattern is actually presenting ourselves. And so, you know, again, we spoke about emotions. They're like water. Water is the elixir of life. You know, it's this, it's the component that truly is the, what we kind of spoke in Pisces. It's, it's the ultimate that is going to dissolve everything. And like, you know, we were exploring the idea that water is hard to contain and its healthiest state is being fluid. Right. So what we really want to do with the lunar cycle is not only understand the phases of the moon, which mm-hmm. we're going to look into from, you know, new moon, from waxing to full to waning. Right. But we're also going to look at the energy that is available for conscious application every two and a half days as it makes its journey through the zodiac. Now, what's kind of nice about the moon is every 30 days, it travels the entire entire zodiac. And so, you know, we can actually utilize this as a tool to not only navigate and kind of get, you know, again, have foresight of maybe the emotional energy of what's going to be present and the potential for expression, but it actually allows for us to complete that zodiac wheel once a month. You know, we went through the 12 labors of Hercules. There's 12 different astrological archetypes that need to be incorporated into the self. And one's not more important than the other. And so what we can really utilize the moon to is as a map of completion, you know, we have so much to do in this modern time. We're so busy and everybody's, you know, is on this. There's a lot of action that's demanded from us. It's very easy to leave things off the table and forget about certain components of our consciousness that need to be instilled. And so utilizing the lunar calendar as it travels through the zodiac, we can really kind of complete ourselves and utilize it as a way of kind of identifying what component of consciousness needs to be explored and ultimately nurtured at that time. You know, treating Virgo when the moon's in Virgo, well, this is a great time to kind of organize my emotions, filter out things that no longer serve me. You know, it's it allows this capacity to maybe even identify something that's been beyond the conscious awareness or something that we haven't been able to collapse any kind of like, you know, um, identifying factors, I guess, not to use that word so many times, but Hmm. we can kind of utilize that analytical approach to work our emotions like a Rubik's cube at that time. Yes. You know, where when the moon's in Leo, we're going to utilize this to empower our creativity We're going to utilize it as like positive affirmations of lighting and fanning that fire of the I am energy. 
all of the the two and a half day process is going to again create completion and we always kind of have this like oh there's so much to do in spirituality how do i not like leave anything out well let this cycle and pattern of the lunar journey kind of guide you and check off all the marks that you're looking through and so you know again and also allow for what's coming next to kind of understand how you keep this water fluid within yourself um, and you utilize that water to nurture what the sign destines you to kind of put that motherly feminine energy to. Um, you know, directing the water to the seeds of your aspirations is is truly this component of what the moon is because the moon represents our capacity to gestate and give birth to our desired creations. And that's a huge factor of what our role is in this five sense reality, Mm. is our component of creation. You know, we come from the creator, we're cut from the same cloth. And so you are creating, whether you're aware of it or not. And the responsibility of conscious creation is really the one of the biggest steps of the alchemical process is actually taking responsibility for what you bring into this world. And again, that's not something that's a bonus of this life of like, oh, good for you. It's mm-hmm. it's an expected requirement. And if this water energy doesn't flow through us and we're not fluid, well, you know, stagnant water will make you sick. Stagnant water is where disease comes from. Frozen water will make you cold. It's like we want to move this and flow just like we see it in nature. Now, the containers that it fills and like what we do with this water, that's going to follow the cycles and patterns of where the moon is, again, in its phase and its zodiac sign. But we have a map that's always been constant and mutable and presenting itself to ourselves, but we just don't really, you know, observe it, you know, because like, the desired use of this sacred element of water, the elixir of life, um, is obviously showing us, you know, what it, what its intentions of our, its use is for us. But we don't see this. We don't see this constant cyclical. Um, and it really is, you know, you learn this understanding or you succumb to this understanding and it overtakes you, you know. This component of like nature and its observation, nature is the true great teacher. It's the only philosophy. If you have a philosophy that's not based on nature, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a phase. It's gonna be you know a trend, and it's gonna die out because the the ultimate philosopher is the individual that studies nature and its applications because it is the ultimate classroom. And nature, again, presents itself as immutable and unchanging. You know, nature doesn't, when we say that, like, it's not so much like a bonus on the test to understand these cycles and patterns. It is the test. You know, if you get too close to, like, a bear's cubs, its babies, that bear is going to kill you. That bear is not going to, you know, 
think about like, oh, this person's a good person. They got their Boy Scout badge and like charity. Or, you know, I see that they got a Meals on Wheels shirt on. So that means they're like slinging jello to grannies and grampies. It's not looking at the qualities of who you are as a person. It's operating the natural law of you are too close to my kin. I'm going to kill you. Nature is immutable. It doesn't have feelings. And we're not saying that the moon, if you ignore it, is going to like kill you like this bear. But if you don't align yourself with the moon, your deepest aspirations of unfolding your destiny is going to feel like you're walking uphill the whole time. And you're always going to be met with resistance. Right. And so, you know, if we tire and become exhausted because all we meet is resistance in the purpose of our life, and we're not able to accomplish what we know is like what will fulfill us, well, that's going to be much more or worse than getting mauled by a bear. Right. Actually, can I add to that? Because it's actually a good example, although silly. Um, If you have an emotional understanding of the situation, you're being presented with a bear and a cub, you will survive it. So there goes like a way to basically talk exactly what you're saying. If you do have a way to not um, disrespect what the situation is calling for, which is for you to sort of bow down and hope for the best, which emotionally is making you aware of the connection and the bond between the cub and the mother, you'll, you will get mauled. But if you have happened to have, you know, the awareness of like, this is what I should not be. This is when I should not be aggressive. You might have an easier time with that. Does that make sense? So like having that knowledge when people, no, no one's ever like, Hey, if you see a bear, with their cubs, make sure you put your fists up because they're like, you're gonna have to duke it out or you're gonna challenge them. It's like, no, 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 you're gonna do a lot of things to like suppress the situation or put or not let it, um, you know, escalate to a, a level of certain death. You know what I mean? And so that in itself kind of speaks to the, the, and an example of what you're saying. You know what I mean? Um, if you ever watch someone in a situation, I've literally come across two different situations where I was face to face with two cubs and a black bear once on my birthday and once sometime in Yosemite. And the immediate instinct was like, I have no beef with you to the mother and kind of feeling this emotional, like need to like sort of kind of cave or put yourself down. So emotionally speaking, you know, prepared to not challenge, but more so um, respect. And I feel like that respect goes the same with the conversation we're having with the moon and it's emotional, like way of being understood, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it is, it's, it's how this operates. It's, it's, you know, you get what you get out of it. Um, you know, there is no, this, this role of nature in its demand of us understanding its patterns right. shows no emotion. Yeah. It doesn't, again, it's not validating that, oh, this is a good person um, who's like supports their like society. It's going to treat, yeah. A killer, just like it's going to treat, you know, a sage in that situation. Totally. And so the awareness of of how things operate. And you know, the the moon and its in its accordance is going to be again something that allows for this fluid energy of creation, which is the waters of life, mm. to find their best expression. And 
one of the big things that we kind of look at in this idea is kind of looking at the zodiac signs that we went through through last season as we went through the 12 labors of Hercules you have an awareness of what this energy is. And so now you want to kind of take the context of the external expression that was presented in the myths, and how would this inner understanding be reflected in myself? The moon is going to be this unique process of how your emotions kind of go through the the cycles of the month, which the month presents. And again, you know, at the new moon is like a, a moment of creation. And again, if this is something you're interested in, I really suggest like Wicca um, and, you know, even certain kinds of like wizard magic. Mm-hmm. Big component of ceremonial magic aligns itself with the moon because the moon is, you know, the womb of creation. So if you're trying to manifest, well, the moon would be a great energy, planetary energy. Or depending where it is. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like, like you said, a new moon, it, it, you were saying, it's like a time to pause, right? You were saying like a time of creation, like Yeah, a new moon is going to be like, just like it sounds, it's a time to start new things. Right. Open up new aspects. You know, the new moon is the, it's just kind of like that Aries energy. It's the birth of a new form of creation. And then as that moon goes through that first two week process, it's its energy is going to become compounded. And we're going to actually see lunar energy increase throughout those first 15 days. And so the new moon is actually the the least amount of almost energy that we kind of feel um, because it's... So dark. It, yeah. And it's just beginning. It's like an infant, you know, it's like a newborn. Right. And then it kind of rises to its maturity. And on that 15th day, when we have a full moon, that's like the the adult, you know, active energy, Really, it's like you feel its energy and its expression in its fullest, and then it starts the waning period. And so we kind of create in accordance with this. If you are somebody who gardens, you can look at the farmer's almanac. Like They tell you to plant and germinate seeds at certain times of the lunar cycle, and that's actually what gives you like perfect fruits and vegetables, is when you align yourself with the cycles and patterns of nutrition and nurturing that the universe is kind of presenting. And so, you know, even with like new moon energy, it's a time of accumulation. Mm. So, you know, the moon also with this like nurturing component also kind of corresponds to like even our own health. Like in the first 15 days of a new moon, especially the first seven days, that's when you really want to put as much, you know, nutritious food and micronutrients into your body because it's holding on to everything. It's like accumulating that to where, you know, phases kind of happen throughout that cycle that your body's actually releasing things. You know, if you are, if you're choosing to do a detox and say you want to do like a water detox, Mm -hmm. doing it in the beginning of a new moon is actually kind of like counterintuitive because your body's actually trying to hold in nutrients for the month. You actually want to do that at the end of the cycle when you're releasing, right. you know, when it's in that waning period. Um, now, you know, lunar nutrition is a little bit more complicated with that because it's really broken up in like two, like four, seven day periods of what we're looking to do there. But again, every aspect of what we nurture in our life can be guided by this lunar energy. Um And so, you know, this is something that 
doesn't really need any more bells and whistles than just your simple observation of it. Um, We were kind of talking about that before the podcast. The truth does not need to be glamorized. The truth does not need to be, you know, painted with beautiful colors and have bells and whistles. The truth is just that which is. Only lies need to be like a pig in lipstick. Only lies need to be, you know, really kind of fabricated and announced and constantly presented to you. Where the truth, it's just what it is. It's That's what it is. It's just the truth. It waits for you. It doesn't need to advertise itself to you. It's, it's patient. Mm-hmm. We saw this with the high priestess card, which is actually the card that represents the moon in the tarot. You would think it was the moon card in the tarot, but it's actually the high priestess. Right. And we had this idea of the high priestess sitting and waiting for the initiate to come down to the inner chambers. Well, this is again, the understanding of the moon is really kind of understanding that like, it its idea doesn't have to be glamorized. It just has to be experienced. Like once you start working with these cycles, you will start seeing that there is less resistance to what you're trying to do. You know, trying to create something at the end of a moon cycle. Yeah, when well, you need to let go, you're not gonna do that then, right? Exactly, it's like going headwinds into the universe. It's going upstream. Um, and, you know, it's not just the cycles of the moon that we're exploring. It's also the zodiac signs that the moon works through. And, you know, you can start this simply by like looking at the element of like, okay, what does fire bring? Well, fire is going to be like my active consciousness. So I know that today in these next two days is going to be like a unique time that maybe I could illuminate stuff about my inner self. Um, Maybe it's a time for new thoughts, thinking, being innovative and like, you know, action. Um, You know, earth signs. Okay, maybe this is a time for grounding my emotions, organizing Mm -hmm. my emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe in Taurus, we we create a beautiful expression of our emotions through some kind of like artwork or something like that. So working through these zodiac signs are a really important thing. And because this is about application, I would say the best tool that you can use, because the moon, although it's got constant characteristics and signatures that all people will experience... It, it is your mother. So you have a personal, unique relationship with it, and it has a personal, unique relationship with you. If your moon is like very isolated on your natal chart and say there's not a lot of planets next to it, you probably are going to be able to look at lunar books about the lunar cycle as it goes through the, of the zodiac, and it's probably going to resonate pretty large with you. But say you have your moon with like Neptune and Uranus right next to it. Well, you have a very unique relationship with the moon. And so one of the things that I always suggest when we're kind of like discussing this with individuals trying to gain a better connection is actually like surrendering the idea of like tracking the moon right after this conversation and being like, okay, let me look at where the moon is. Let me look up what that represents. Because we have a ability to kind of bend ourselves to what is presented to us rather than actually internally feeling what's actually in operation within ourselves. And so a really great tool to do 
is to actually like blindly journal for two or three months. Um, just write where you, your emotional energy and expression was that day. And again, if journaling is tough for you, you can just even like make voice notes on your phone as you're going through the day. Just take the emotional pulse of where you are. Take your energetic pulse. Are you feeling active, creative, outgoing, lethargic, moody? You want to be completely honest with yourself because you're the only one that's going to read this. This is not something that is going to be you know, found and published after your death where you're going to be like embarrassed about it. This is just a personal gauge and barometer of your emotions throughout the day. And it's going to be a really great process if you can take this for about three months. And then after that three-month cycle, go back to your first entry and look at where the moon was in the phase of the moon. And then go to the second entry and look at where the moon was in the phase. And make your way through this data that you collected for three months And you will start to see your own personal patterns, experiences, and relationships with the lunar cycle without any kind of bias guiding of what you think you should feel. More, it's going to be an internal expression of what you actually truly felt. Um, And so this is a great process to do. And now if you've been journaling your whole life, well, you just gave yourself the greatest gift of all gifts. Go back to your past journals and do exactly this. That is truly the best thing you can do for yourself is to go back and just look at these and see how this independently expresses itself with you. Um, There's other things you can kind of do here. You know, a lot of people use digital currency now. Well, go back and look at your bank statements and see the days that maybe you spend a little bit more money on things that are not the essentials. Um, You know, see like, oh, wow, look at that. On days of Taurus, like I eat at really fancy restaurants and I kind of like run up some money. And it's not saying that that's a bad thing, but you're more aware of like what your habits and cycles are. And so although I'm, you know, I always prefer the use of cash, I try to even track where I spend my cash on things outside of like my rent and gas. Um, Because those are kind of just like constants that are going to kind of happen. But look at like where energy even gets released of you in your currency, Um, where that flow kind of comes out and the inner desires and we can kind of understand things. Um, You know, even navigating this understanding of utilizing the moon cycles to know what's the best day to go to the grocery store for you. You know, if you go to the grocery store and the moon's in Capricorn, you might hold yourself to such a big discipline that you're like, all I'm eating this month is celery and I'm going to be really hard on myself. To where if you go to the moon when the moon's in Taurus, you might find your whole cart's full of ice cream and, you know, treats because it's just like you're kind of like experiencing the sensations. So even kind of finding out like, hey, I like to go to the grocery store when the moon's in Libra and shop for the month because I get a really balanced you know, I get a really balanced purchase where I have the essentials, but I also have things that are going to, you know, fulfill me on an emotional level of like sensation. Right. Um, and so again, you know, exploring these cycles and patterns is is a really interesting way of almost doing it backwards and doing it in a non-biased way, if that makes sense. It does. 
Yeah, I think that's that's excellent advice. I mean, again, I think just going back to even initially what you said about understanding what the new moon is, what the waxing moon is, what a full moon is, and why in the waning moon we let go. We don't start a new business. We don't jump into a venture. You know, we kind of sit with what we got and we find that real time to reflect and kind of come to the end of something that you might have started uh, in your new moon when you were, you know, contemplating making this decision in your life. Because then everything else has, you know, every action comes with its reaction and, you know, putting action into motion without understanding um, what it's going to lead you to um, just for the sake of doing, once again, will give you a lot of um, resilience and you'll find problems perhaps in your life. Maybe you don't, maybe you're winging it so well that you're just not feeling these effects. But most people can find a pattern, like you just said, in order to, uh, if you were to journal, you know, and figure out, okay, at this date and time or month uh, or day of the month, this is what I was going through and this is how I was feeling. You'll know that next time come around, you know, there's no need to act on that. You know, like wanting to act out the emotion is a release for many people. We all know that. But sometimes it's a time to sit and reflect rather than just like express, even if it feels like you need to express, or maybe you should express and that's what you need to do and you're not doing it, you're repressing that either or having that um, that little bit of knowledge you just like went over um, beforehand is for sure imperative to aiding you in your emotional state and the outcomes of that understanding. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we're so tracked nowadays, like even looking at your call log, and being like, oh, interesting. Last Wednesday, I called all of my extended family members. Where was the moon that day? Why did I feel this impulse to like have conversation? Mm-hmm. And then what you do is when you get this data, you become proactive. You know, hey, I had a really great time that Thursday that we went out. Look at the moon was in Sagittarius. I'm going to plan next month a get together with my friends when the moon's in Sagittarius because that's when I feel the most like connected out there and like light on life. And I'm a really great experience. Right. Rather than like, okay, when the moon's in Pisces, I like to be very quiet and internal. It's not a time for me to be social. So let me kind of plan that moment of like inner healing, maybe a spiritual bath, meditation, doing candle work. We, really start to navigate it to not just live in this like really, really, lily way, but more of like, let me actually put attention to what I want to manifest and nurture in that day. And so, you know, it's, it's this interesting thing of recognizing these patterns, but these patterns, if you're working through this, you can identify and start tracking your own patterns. But we all have really significant relations in our life. You can also, and you might want to ask their permission, you might want to start to explore and understand the patterns of your partner. Because again, if you can get a better understanding of how these lunar energies work with them, well, maybe when the moon's in cancer is not the time to have that emotional conversation. Exactly. Maybe we should do that in Virgo when we can kind of more analytically look at it. Or maybe in Aquarius when we can both kind of like separate our own subjective emotions from it and objectively look at it in a very responsible way. Patterns of your partner of even like what they need at certain kinds of times. And I think the greatest thing to do is for the parents of the individuals that are listening to this podcast, starting to understand the patterns of your children. Look at how the moon affects 
their energy, their attention, their patience, you know, and even their excitement and create a log for them. One, it's going to help you better parent them and approach them at the times that they're going to be most receptive to maybe direction. Um, Or when you can kind of feel that they're emotionally down and you need to kind of like, you know, raise them up again. But ultimately, this would be the greatest gift to a child coming of age. Can you imagine if you were coming of age at like 13 to 14 years old and your parents present you with, hey, this is how the moon operates within you as you're now approaching this like really unique thing of like adolescence and puberty. This is going to be a guide of the things that I've been aware of that will serve you as a map through your journey to becoming an adult. That would be gold for the child. Um these are just patterns. Again, it's it's we ignore them and they're not here to deceive, they're here for us to receive. And we go through this process of ignorance and ignoring this constant cyclical energy that it's presenting. Because spring always happens in spring. The full moon always happens 15 days after the new moon. The full moon is always in the opposite sign of the sun. These are cycles and patterns that want us to explore. There's a reason why, you know, the Taurus sun has its full moon in Scorpio. Right. So you can balance the counters. You can carry the cross of what the Zodiac brings of balancing those two unique energies and creating a synthesis-like understanding and fulfillment of what those are trying to bring to you. And so, you know, again, these these patterns play this such this unique role Um, And they're just waiting for us to see, you know, they're just waiting for us to kind of explore. Um, And it really is like this moon can be your ultimate ally in the process of what you gestate and birth into creation. You know, again, knowingly or unknowingly, we are all creators. And so we are all bringing things into this shared reality, whether we're conscious or not. And the attention to what you bring into this reality is that first step of alchemy and calcination. You accept full responsibility for your capacity as a creator. You know, again, like in the story Frankenstein, the monsters, the monster in that story is not called Frankenstein. He's Dr. Frankenstein's monster. He is the monster that was created by Dr. Frankenstein. Right. Dr. The short word for doctor is doc. Doc is D-O-C. Doc is actually how you study the phases of the moon. Because when it's in a new moon and it's starting to project itself in the waxing, it's a D. When it's in a full moon, it's an O. And when it's in the wazing phase, it's a C. Dr. Frankenstein is the capacity of like what you nurture, create into the world. And if you're not consciously aware and serving it with intention and respect, that universal component that has been blessed with you, you can create a monster that's going to terrorize and kind of, you know, destroy. Um, it's It can't be ignored. It's got to be understood and respected. And it's the ultimate power tool to use, you know, like we spoke about like the king in chess last week with like how it's the king moves one square at a time, but it's not a big deal sometimes to move back. Like it's not seen as a bad strategy in chess. Like sometimes you do need to take a step back to see the viewpoint. Well, the queen in chess 
has the least restrictions to their movement. So proper knowledge of her power can truly be the difference between victory and defeat. And we're talking about, you know, victory in the sense of, you know, unification of the higher self here, not so much like dominating somebody else, but knowing how to use this queen feminine energy is is the is like your greatest tool to overcoming the dark pieces of your consciousness and incorporating that and letting consciousness shine its light white of victory to be able to illuminate those dark components so the dark components don't overtake us but again the queen is so vital in that and her fluid movement allows for her to have the most potential of impact hence our you know capacity of our intuition and our emotions really give us in a directed responsible way the highest potential of creating something of you know beauty and unfoldment for shared creation rather than frankenstein's monster yeah i like your correlation did you come up with that frankenstein's monster well, that's, you know, just like in the story, it's kind right. of like always misconceived because people see Frankenstein and like, oh, that's Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. And you're like, that. oh, no, that's Frankenstein's monster, you right, know? Right. Um, yeah. Again, all that gothic literature is just so rooted in the the esoteric and the occult. And, you know, and again, I don't want to start something else. Did you have something that you also wanted to kind of bring up? No, no, not at all. Uh, continue on, man. I mean, uh, talking about the application, you know, I don't want to be redundant. So just go ahead. Yeah, you know, and truly, you know, the moon, it, it tells us about these ebbs and flows, and it it really teaches us about death and rebirth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's it's her soft light that guides us through the darkness of nights. Um, and even though when she is born anew and can't be seen in the darkness of the night, she, her unbroken promise of further illumination reminds us that like even in our current state of pain or grief, this will pass. And although our light might kind of be dim in the moment, it will illuminate again. And so there's this 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 promise that is made by this solar orb that allows for us to kind of really understand even that that wise statement of this too shall pass. You know, although I I feel pain in this moment, there is going to be further illumination. I am going to get out of this darkness. I'm going to make my way through this, maybe this personal feeling of hell that you're experiencing. And, you know, it's, it's this interesting thing because like, you know, we can't gaze at the sun, but we can get lost in the mystery of the moon. Um, You know, we've all had a moment when we spoke to the moon. We can't do that with the sun. The sun just like lights things up, but it's it's so blinding that unless you're doing like solar gazing at a certain time of the day, it just more illuminates what's externally in front of you. And that's really great because, you know, when things are lit up, they're less scary. And so the darkness is kind of this component of like the not only the parts in their external reality that we don't see, it's also the parts like internally that we don't see. But the moon is that guiding light in that darkness to kind of show us that like our light is always kind of regrowing and it has these ebbs and flows. So it allows for us, even in the darkest moments, to know that this too shall pass. And we speak about it as like, even as a child, there was this mystery about the moon, 
there was this kind of connection. And have you ever noticed that like you could be have a really unique thought or maybe you're at an emotional low point and then all of a sudden you feel inspiration and even though you did not, maybe you just walked out onto your patio at night and you actually didn't locate the moon. You look up and you know exactly, you exactly look at where the moon was, even though you had no prior knowledge to where it was that evening, but you make like direct contact with it. It's like this forever nurturing mother that's overlooking us. And she's always kind of there to kind of, you know, give us this this comfort and this capacity like, oh, I'm here for you. I've always been here for you. Um, You know, again, we can't cry to the sun. And when the sun's out, we're kind of too busy to cry because it's in the light of day and we're active. Mm -hmm. But we can pour our hearts out to the moon. It's just like, you know, it might be harder to talk to your depending on the role, like the the more masculine energy parent that you had, even if it was a same-sex parent or, you know, it was the roles were shifted, that masculine parent that that carried those masculine qualities probably was like harder for you to talk about your emotions with rather than the one parent that expressed more of those feminine qualities. And so, you know, it's it's this interesting thing of like this soft, loving presence that forever watches over us. And the moon watches you. And now what we kind of find is it's now it's just your time to watch the moon because the pattern over cycle is not a mystery. It's cyclical and it's constant. And, you know, again, her wisdom, it's not this like trickster energy, like Mercury or maybe Neptune. It's, it's not here to deceive. Again, it's, it's for the receiving and we need to kind of like surrender to it and allow for it to guide us. And, you know, it's it's like the cosmic sympathy of like the cosmic tune of the universe plays us this the soundtrack of like our unfolding capacity to love it's just we we don't listen you know the average modern individual is all about motion with no meaning when the truth is that meaning is the grand cause of all motion you know life is not some accidental byproduct of matter matter is the holy vessel of life. You know, the sacred is so easy to deny because it isn't all things and it's everywhere. It's within form and it's in void. This is why it's like easy for an atheist to deny, you know, the sacred and the idea of a universal life force because it isn't all things and it is everything. And so it can't compare it against something. And so it's easier, it's almost easy to ignore it. But once you open up to the awareness of it, it's undeniable. And that's kind of what these lunar energies are kind of presenting to us. You know, this, it's really kind of this idea of like, if we learn this, we really kind of start to see what this map is trying to present to us and that there is a map that's provided to us. And it's these universal archetypal cycles and patterns that are trying to guide our unfoldment. And if you ignore the map, you're going to find yourself lost. Um, And, you know, there's also in this journey of finding the self, there's also no shortcut. There's no shortcuts in the development of the self. And if somebody tells you that they have a shortcut to spiritual unfoldment, it's a facade. It's it's a bells and whistles show. Because a shortcut is a sure cut. A shortcut is a sure cut. So it's a sure cut that means you have a self-inflicted wound 
that drains your life force energy, i.e. blood. A shortcut in the spiritual path is like cutting yourself and draining yourself of that spiritual life force energy that is blood. And again, you know, we're talking about the moon here, and the moon's correlation in the body is the heart, and the heart pumps the blood. Those are the two most misunderstood energies in our bodies in its discovery in modern science. They have no true capacity of what the heart even does. They have no true understanding of the true significance of our blood. These are the two most deepest esoteric secrets of the body. And when we take a shortcut and have a sure cut, we actually drain that life force energy, which is our blood. Um, And it invites, it, it lacks us of that universal energy, that elixir of life. And it really almost invites like predators to hunt. Um, you know, it's like blood in the water. And so it's this unique kind of component of of like we we have to do this idea of like protecting this life force energy and allowing it to flow. So not only do we not want it to become stagnant or frozen, but we also don't want to do self-inflicted things that's going to actually have this like life force energy leak out of us. And so it's this nurturing healing component that also the moon brings to make sure that we don't put any self-inflicted lacerations into ourselves. Because again, we've spoke before about this. Nobody can hurt you unless you give them consent to hurt you. All pain is self-inflicted. If somebody insults you, you have to allow their perspective and their opinion on you to have value. And then you create that self-inflicted wound because you honor their words and you take it for what it is and you're offended. But if you are spiritually strong, that should just kind of bounce off of you. Um, and you shouldn't even give it any kind of value or credit. Um, and so all pain is self-inflicted pain. And, you know, it's through this process of the moon that not only do we kind of understand how this energy flows, but we can also go through the process of like healing the body so that very important life force doesn't leak out of us. Great way of putting everything in just a way to not only understand what this energy actually can do for you, but what it, what it can do, um, if, if one is disconnected. And one of the things that I kept thinking about as you were speaking on all of this that we talked about in the last couple of seasons in regards to application and understanding, you know, the emotional self and what it means to understand emotional self is how you go through these situations that are presented to you um, in a very unique way to all of us in our life. And so I think of people like um, who don't want to necessarily take a deep dive into understanding these energies and sort of put it off like it doesn't matter but yet emotionally speaking there's going to be an outburst of some kind or a deepened sadness or a period of time of like contemplation in all of us regardless of our understanding of the moon and i always think about that with um when you talked about something about adolescence there's a period in time where you don't speak of it with your friends but if you're bear witness to someone who has an like a a disturbed emotional state or an emotional state that's still sort of in its infancy and they don't know how to work through it. If you're in a example of like four, four friends at a sleepover and one of them is in that state, three of you can kind of almost instinctively realize like, Oh, this, 
this person hasn't like, and we'll just use like a basic blanket term, like hasn't grown up yet. But it's really just been like, oh, this person just hasn't really dealt with their emotions yet. And I think that regardless, it's going to affect you. Or even if you go a little further into time and you start mixing with like, say, alcohol and someone goes, oh, you shouldn't drink with so-and-so. He's an, he's just intense or he's an emotional mess. But realistically, what, what's going on under the surface of that individual that's making them have that sort of like outburst? Does, does that make sense? So then mm-hmm. people start blaming the, the the vice. You know, they're just like, it's the vice. It's it's whiskey that does this to me. It's it's beer that does this to me. But it's like, hey, there's three of us and you're the only one who like, as soon as your emotional state is off balance, or at least maybe there's a chance for you to reach it. Maybe alcohol is giving you the portal in this case, to be in touch with your emotions, they're so rattled because they haven't been confronted that you're acting out in this way. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what's really going on. The, bo- the bottom line I'm trying to make here is that with the moon and its energy, you can either deny it or you can face it, but either way, your emotional state needs to be considered in order to like raise to a higher vibration. So that's kind of what I got out of everything you're saying is that it's not just, and, and well done, man. That's what I was trying to say earlier is that there's no need for interruption on what you have to say and and especially like a topic like this because the application has its its map and you said if you're not following this map well obviously you're going to have a period of finding yourself lost or at least like on a quest to nowhere you know what i mean and so i think that what you were saying uh, much earlier in the conversation was um you know why having this understanding can not only aid you, but also aid the world around you. And and hopefully the rest of us who like can take away whatever you expressed in this last um, uh, conversation between us right now and the moon. So that's all I really wanted to say is that there's not much more that I wanted to add as much as I wanted to say, like to reinforce the idea of like, whether you do believe in the moon and its cycles or do believe in its energy and people deny it all the time or people, you know, give into it you know, there's a, a way to benefit, not just for yourself, but for, again, um, the way you go about with the world. Uh, and uh, does that make sense? Like, as, as you interact with the world and how people want to deny it or apply it, we're all just still interacting with an energy that's either misplaced or is completely known. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cool. And I love that you brought up that idea of alcohol, um, because again, we're talking about liquid, and that is... You know, if you're not in the proper space and you're having an experience with alcohol, it is kind of this like emotional release. And you've like noticed that even like you said, when we were, you know, making our ways into adulthood and we were sneaking um, booze from our parents in our teenage years, which was a naughty, naughty thing for us to do. It was like really interesting to see the like emotional maturity that would come out of individuals. And you know, the, the alcohol is very much like this lubricator of the shadow. Right. Um, so again, it kind of talks about it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's moonshine. It's like that aspect of yeah. that, you know, and even that alcoholic process, I think is, is so tied to, to that lunar energy. Um, so I, I really like what you brought up there about the idea of like your awareness of where people are at in their emotional maturation. And, you know, one of the things that you and I have spoken about um, is the, the almost like you don't have to be 
interested into the esoteric and the occult, you could deny astrology. But like everywhere I've worked, there's an awareness of the full moon. Right. You know, like Lindsay, your wife, when she tells us about the hospital, she tells us that the full moon can be wacky at the hospital. When I was a school teacher and you have very much like linear analytical minded individuals who really are detached from any kind of like spiritual meaning, they would be like, oh, a full moon is a crazy day. A rainy day is a crazy day. Like, look at what happens when it rains here in Arizona. Oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's People terrifying. like lose their mind. Don't drive. It's it's just amazing. People literally go bananas. Right. Um, water and the and it's like its relationship with us really does kind of serve a unique purpose. And I think it can either be the most nurturing things in the world, or it could be the most lubricating thing in the world of like releasing a part of ourselves. But the moon is kind of undeniable. People really kind of um, accept that the lunar energies have a connection with us. And again, you spoke about it earlier with like the word lunatic, lunacy, you know, um, the the idea of like menstruation is moonstration. The word month is moonth. You know, it's it's got such a big connection in our society that goes even deeper then I think a lot of people want to kind of give awareness to. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just, it's a fascinating topic. It is. It's, yeah, right? You no, know, like I said, I, there's there's so much that I know um, that, you, that you covered in, in the last like few moments, but really brought a lot to light in regards to like following that cycle and pattern. And that's something that I really want to take away from with anything that you and I ever discuss uh, in terms of, of the application. Cause I know, I'm, I don't know if we ever even said this before, but a lot of people will find themselves in a time when they feel it's necessary to take on maybe, I don't know, like a self-help book. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and you may not know it of your friend or your family member that they're embarking in that, but what's calling to you to sort of, you know, move yourself out of the state of, 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 of um, stagnant, you know, fluidity is is what's calling you to find this book in the library or, or in a bookstore of this one individual and what they've done to get themselves to a higher level but you know i always say beware take take the notes you can from that person and, and if it's helped you out to find a self-help book great but their cycles and patterns may not work in the way that your cycles and patterns do so look for the things that have a guarantee and the things in guarantee in a way are the things in nature, right? So like the exchange of oxygen to carbon dioxide is something that's been done for, you know, since the beginning of, as far as I can, you know, as far as I know, I don't want to like talk out of, out of line here, but as far as I know, how we've, you know, been able to measure that has been going on for so long that we just don't deny it. We just know like, Hey, there's a depletion in this. This is the consequence of that. This is probably the, the O2 levels you want to be at in order to be, you know, uh, at homeostasis, right? So we, we can use that. And that's sort of a guarantee unless the environment changes. The moon and its patterns, unless the environment changes uh, at some point, it's going to have some sort of guarantee that has an exchange and a pattern you can follow that maybe will aid you in the way you're meant to um, evolve uh, on this earth. And so with all cycles and patterns, not just with the moon, 
But this whole season that I want to talk about is how that there's not going to be one recipe for you, or there's not going to be this one easy step to change your life, but investigating what you need to change or what you would like to see better out of your life is just the start. And then finding the pattern to fit it in will give you the result that I think we're all looking for. And so that's all I want to say, but dude, I, I really want to say, man, like everything you said up until me even speaking, like I don't think needed anything to say. And I was telling Daniel that I was like, I don't know what to say to everything you're saying, even before we started the podcast, because I'm just like, just so intrigued on the information that you so well put together um, in order to not only consider the cycles and patterns, but what to do once you get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it because I just straight blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome, though. No, like, that's, I, you know, that's no. what I was saying. I was like, I'm like, that's awesome because you're 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 well versed individual that I like to talk to you about with these topics. But it's not just philosophizing on it or just like talking in circles about it. It's more so okay. At one point all this information could come to a conclusion and with the conclusion there can be an application and with the application could be maybe a different outcome for once. And I think that's all I want for anybody that I meet on the path is that, are you on a path of constant evolution or are you feeling stagnant? Mm -hmm. And I want to always lend a hand to someone who feels stagnant, but there's also a cycle and pattern within that where you have to let people sort of follow their, their way without any aid um, and, uh, and so when you and I just go on about these conversations, the thing that I enjoy the most thoroughly is how are we applying those and how are we addressing those as just friends and also as the voices of this leading podcast that I love doing with you, um, for the rest to, to take home with, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And I, you know, that idea utilizing the cycles and patterns as assistance rather than resistance. Um, you know, surrendering to that flow and getting in that flow state is the ultimate goal of what we're trying to direct energy to. Um, and, you know, becoming one with time as it kind of unfolds. And, you know, it's uh, it's going to be, a, I'm excited to kind of like carry on to see where these kind of conversations go with us in the future. Um, but a uh, a really great example that I'm, I want to end the conversation with today, it was like understanding that flow state. Because it's like you want to become with the unfoldment of the universe. It's almost like as a child, remember when you would like spin around in a circle and it it's almost like timeless and you're like in this moment where you're spinning around in the circle. Well, if you try to go super fast, you're going to fall down. Like if you try to get ahead of time, you're mm-hmm. going to kind of fall down. And if you stop everything gets dizzy and you lose your balance. Like the only way to stay in that space is in the constant motion with the constant unfoldment of time. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking to do here. We're looking at these these cycles and patterns, even with the moon, of like staying in that completely unfolding, blossoming state, you know, rather than being stuck in the past, which is going to get us all dizzy and we're going to like puke up our Lunchable or going too far in the future and spinning too fast to where we like bump our head and hit ourselves because mm-hmm. of like anxiety. Um, and so it's kind of like this interesting thing, you know, with, with how we kind of operate. And, you know, one of the things about this application is the responsibility that comes right. with it, you know? So yeah, I'm so excited to continue these conversations with you, my man. Yeah. It, it gives me great comfort listening to you earlier about, um, what things are at random and what things are not at random. And one mm-hmm. thing you said about 
even just like your child is very is very powerful because you know i think a lot of people want to just you know blame anything that is physically in front or at least amongst them to the inconsistency in their life and so like if my child is behaving this way it's the environment it's the teachers it's the tv it's you know the neighbors it's the noise but there's something deeper going on that maybe you might be able to aid them in along with the noise that's on the outside um by understanding what's going on obviously through the inside of that of that person and i think that doing that from a younger age or at least aiding that individual for those who have children and our parents or listeners they'll be able to you know see that cycle and pattern and apply it before it just feels like oh this is just a phase the kid's going through it's like mm -hmm. this is the time where you should be able to maybe help them when they do have these moments to have a breakthrough or at least like have a better way of handling this um before it's so much out of control that it is seen as lunacy you know what i mean sure. which i think is just it's a farce but you know again this shows you how we through throw these blanket terms over things we don't understand and refuse to explore um which is fine again i like something else you said about ignorance man i think that's something that's we've never really talked about too much on the on the podcast before but you know choosing to ignore mm -hmm. you know which is the worst mm -hmm. you know and i know i've done it i've been guilty of it many times but um you know, eventually truth prevails. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just waiting for us. It's right there. And it's so, so damn simple. It is. You know what I mean? Um, we, we make it so much, it's like what we learned in Pisces. It's yeah. like, it was all right in front of you. Right, like, right. you know, your emotional patterns were this, you didn't need to, you didn't need to like go down such a, a rabbit hole in, think you had to have like all these synthetic medications and, you know, letting things diagnose you and like, you know, letting other people tell you about you rather than let the universe show you right. about you, you know? And so, um, yeah, man, I'm excited to see where this journey kind of goes and Absolutely, man. what we explore next. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you to all the listeners, to all the supporters, you know, this is episode two of season four. So we're just getting ready. Um, you know, if you are a member on the website, I'm trying my best to uh, appear there as frequently as possible. So if you have questions and you have something to add to the forum, you know, I'm always happy to see that and respond as soon as I can. I know we're all people and we're all pretty busy. If you haven't done a natal chart with Daniel, hi highly recommend that because a lot of the things we're talking about today and are covering, um, you know, he has a great way, as you can tell, of not only just opening your mind to the, these ideas, but also letting you follow the path, not necessarily telling you how to go about the path only, you know? Um, so check that out again. That's those natal charts can be found on the website. A lot of people reach out to us on Instagram and other social media, uh, platforms about, Hey, how can I get this and that? Uh, but the website is where you'll be able to find it at, uh, podcast.org uh, under natal charts and, uh, yeah. Anyways, through you guys, the members, those who donate your, their time uh, and their kindness to us, you know, we're able to continue doing this, hoping to all raise the bar to the next level together. Yeah, right? absolutely, man. No, thank you for giving that announcement to the most special people in the world who are the individuals that that support and allow for you and I to have these conversations. Um, and it's still, I think, blows Eduardo and I away of how these conversations resonate with each and every one of you, but it's, it's, it's quite the honor. And we do feel that you guys are all in this room with us when we're doing this. And so it's, it feels like a, 
it's really great to be a part of such a kind of tribal family that's kind of been created in this community. And, um, you know, one thing that I wanted to say that has been kind of interesting about the natal charts is the last couple of months after I've completed natal charts with people, I've actually done a lot of natal charts of their children. And we've kind of spoke about that process. And I think in the future, years down the road, I think that's what I'm going to specialize in, is the idea of working with parents to understand the qualities, the sensitivities um, of the child. So like, Absolutely. hey, this is how that child wants to be spoken to. This is what that child will be offended by. Um, this is how it needs to be nurtured. And that's been a really great satisfaction too, of like being able to share that information and um, do that, you know, because parenting is the most important job in the world. Um, and I think it needs to... I don't think it gets said enough of how that is the most important job. So all the parents out there, all the rad, cool aunts and uncles, pet parents, whatever it is, whatever you're nurturing, we we really think that you, um, we have so much gratitude that you nurture with so much love and guidance for whatever that is, even if it's like your Tamagotchi, it re- it, expe- it very much respects totally. your love that it gives you. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a great topic that I know we're going to bring up uh, in this season, and it's exactly that. It's it's having that understanding of parenting. That's something that I have on my list of topics down the way of application in terms of application, because here we are, all of us, different ages, different paths in our lives. Some of us wiser today than we were yesterday, but we find ourselves all having this conversation and or listening in on it just to better ourselves. Why not do it from the beginning? You know? And I think that's something that, um, it's so hard to put into words, just like the esoteric, um, just like even the energy of the moon, it's hard to put into words. You know, I, I actually literally looked at my wife on a side note, this is a little while back, but I was talking in terms of, I think there was like season two we talked about um the man child and that's something else that I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about later on but in in like sort of young in uh like rabbit holes you know they bring up subjects in regards to the native americans and how they take their children in the middle of the night and separate them from their mothers in order for them to become the man they're supposed to be for the tribe and talking about something like that in such a, like a fast-paced manner to your wife in a comical sense of being like, you know, by the time they're 13, I'm going to take them to the woods and I'm just going to drive them off mm-hmm. and drive away. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good for them. And they look at you and they're like, well, you're going to do what to our kid? I'm mm-hmm. like, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. The point being is that it, it's so, um, it's so complex on what you, the effect you want on someone when it comes to the application of them becoming a better person or more uh, self-aware. And, you know, there's so many ancient teachings that teachings that we will cover uh, throughout the podcast that will lead to that sort of understanding of why not just abandon your kid in the woods, but actually foster that same um, idea of them coming, becoming self-resilient and becoming aware of their true potential without having to have like damaging effects. Like my dad left me in the woods one time. Sure. And I think sure. he was trying to teach me a lesson. It's like, well, those guys that know thyself podcast have that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 no. There's, there's a way to go about all these applications and, and what we're hoping to to get out of it. So um, but anyways, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the the looking at rites of passages and how we can appropriately, you know, administer those to the next generation and give them that honor and that excitement about the rites of passage, rather than um, kind of the darkness that they're led into that, you know, yeah. um, and even just to have some like, you know, some, 
idea of not so much taking themselves seriously, but taking life seriously. You know, I don't think I had a serious thought until I was like 24 years old. (laughs) You know, like, I don't even think I did. I think it was all just like cupcakes and rainbows in my brain. You know, it was all just shenanigans. And it's just so funny because that was the, you know, at the end of that, because I did not have any kind of higher conscious contemplation, I was in a space of like, very close to like depression, suicidal thoughts, you right. know what I mean? And so it was like, it, I didn't realize that the the lack of depth to me um, was, was not doing me well. I wasn't, right. I wasn't touching that water. The well right. wasn't going deep enough. It was very surface level. Um, yeah. That's, well, that's around the time we stopped being friends. Cause like in the dramatic sense, my life took a, I, I'm a Scorpio moon. So, my life from a young age already had taken a lot of different thresholds as far as like death, physical death from family members to emotional upheaves. But I remember thinking when I would hang out with you, I had gone through this period where I felt like I was like a, a cartoon ninja of myself looking out to this peak going like, he doesn't know pain yet. Mm-hmm. Like one day he will, and then he'll understand why I'm so, which is, uh, it's completely bogus. But I do remember when we, when we weren't hanging out in high school, I had had this like, period of time where I just like isolated myself from so many people because I was trying to like really mitigate what like all this energy was and what it like really meant, um, um, for my, for my growth spurt. But, uh, you were always a pleasure to be around because I could talk to you about all this heavy stuff. Uh, and you never like laughed at me. You never, uh, didn't take, you never took what needed to be taken seriously not serious. And that was always a a treat, man. So I think we all have different levels back to the whole reason of this conversation at the end, uh, in regards to application is that we're going to discover that what works for me works differently according to my, you know, my natal path, I guess my, 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 the path of my soul, you know, and what works for you will come in its, in its time. Um, and just being there for one another, I think is just like the most important thing you can do is just acting out of love. And that's something you never did stop doing man so thank you so much for always being there um and uh yeah don't know how we got on this path but that's okay <laughs> i'm just to... i'm just gazing into your eyes right now <laughs> and i'm like wait we were never we at one point we weren't friends well we we're always friends yeah I no i'm being just like, joking am i too silly and i'm like no i just think i'm too serious um but you because you were the cool kid at the school oh, i God, always no. with people like are you friends with or, you like i was like oh yeah we're best friends we hang out all the time like he doesn't he might not talk to me right now but we're gonna hang out later and people are like oh, no, bullshit <laughs> Um, but, um, but no, dude, it's, it's amazing. And again, we were at, we were at two different stages in our life at that point, you know? So there was no, we had no capacity of being able to connect because it was, you were, you got really kind of the door to manhood opened up very quickly for you. Um, and mine was kind of like, I, I just kind of kept running into the door and then Mm -hmm. I saw that there was actually a knob and I had to open it. But for a long time, I was just like, "What? What is this? Like, how does this work?" So that's interesting you say that, man. We'll 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 get into all of these stories later down for all of you listeners out there who want to even listen to this because, man, I have I have so many different periods in my life where I remember thinking the opposite of that. I was just like, "Oh, I'm closing doors, uh, where I don't want to face certain things." And you were the most resilient guy I knew. Like even in Australia, we were like in like just turning twenty, and I was like, "This kid can sleep anywhere. He can eat anything." at any time and make friends with anybody. And like, we didn't have a plan. And somehow we're like on the rooftop of this one place, just because you were like, I know the guy from the, like in the back, you know, 
he knows he knows me from this and i'm like holy crap I'm like i need to open up myself to the world a little more in order to have opportunities like these because i was i feel like i was closing those you know out of being afraid of like getting hurt again or like being afraid of like being abandoned in some way and you feel like did the opposite you're like opened all the doors you're like i'm gonna open all these at the same time see what happens yeah i definitely surrendered to the danimal when i was out there but yeah. like australia was like spring break no parents the whole yeah. time um but it was amazing yeah big wow. love to that country thank you for not putting me in jail um and yeah kindest people if you ever get to go to australia you know i mean there's, there's such kind people everywhere you know what i mean it's true it's true um but anyways i think we've gone way far off the whole topic but this is enjoyable man mm -hmm. uh I, I like having you over on a sunday and, and just having this conversation per usual thanks to all this listening if you're still there listening and uh until next time until next time <laughs>